to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Amen and amen. Will you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18? This is the way up, the way up. I'm starting in verse 9. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Verse 11. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And so I want to focus on something this morning, on one attribute of the character and the nature of this Jesus that we were singing about this morning. It's so, it's so far from our national conscious, consciousness in 2018 in this tribalized, polarized, hyper-politicized quagmire that we're living in right now. It's like a word from an ancient foreign language that's like been totally forgotten. In the sea of electronic outrage that we're swimming in in 2018, this topic is like a sunken ship from a war that we don't even remember. I want to look at an aspect of the character and the nature of Jesus that's so central, it's so vital, but yet it's really hard for us to wrap our head and our hearts around because of the way that sin has bent our humanity. For the follower of Jesus, this one attribute of his character, it's so vital that we can't even approach God without it. And I would say, if you want more power in your life, this is the answer. If you want to experience more of, of the grace of God flowing through your life and equipping you, this is the answer. If you want more peace and more joy, um, this is the answer. But it's completely upside down from our self-obsessed, self-promoting society and even our own instincts. We need the spirit of truth this morning, friends, the Holy Spirit to open our minds so that we can even see it. And this word is humility, humility. So humility by definition, if you read the modern dictionary, is a quality or condition of being humble, of modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance, rank, etc. Humility comes from the Latin word humilis, which literally means low, low. And that doesn't mean the way that we used to wear our pants back in the 90s, if you were one of those people. C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. So first, let's understand what humility is not. Humility is not that weird self-deprecating thing that you do where you just beat the snot out of yourself because you're constantly listening to the voice of self-accusation that says, and it runs through all of our heads, so we can just, it's common ground on this one. Anybody ever hear these thoughts? You're not a good dad. You're not a good mom. You're failing at this. You're not, you're not, a, you're not a good leader. You're not a good preacher. You're not good at this. You're not good with money. 
You're terrible at everything. Anybody ever hear that voice? Am I the only one? That's not humility, that's condemnation, okay? And that voice comes straight from the pit of hell. No, humility is much different. Humility is, I can't, but God can through me. I'm, I might be incapable in some areas, but I can take part in his capability because Jesus is capable, because Jesus is good. Um, I might not be good at a lot of things, but the goodness of Jesus is in me. And if I go low, then Jesus will go high over my life, over my family, over my ministry. That is humility, friends. But we are living in the golden age of pride, aren't we? I mean, it's crazy to even talk about going low in a time when every person publishes um, pictures of themselves with a caption about how they're feeling about themselves on a web page that's designed to promote themselves. Um, isn't that kind of strange this morning to talk about going low? But there's something wonderful in our text this morning about who Jesus is, friends. And when we are the most like him, are you ready to unpack the text on Family Sunday? Say yes. yes. Let's go back to first. Verse nine, verse nine. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. So last week I mentioned maybe doing a series called Jesus the Parable Gangster Ninja because, and if you missed that, you have to get the context in last week's, but there's some like parables where Jesus just kind of does kung fu on everybody in the room. You can tell by this setup that Jesus is about to go ninja, okay? <laughs> to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. I mean, this one sentence, we could blow up a whole sermon um, right there. And this is my first thought this morning if you're taking notes. If you're taking notes, write this down. Pride and prejudice always live happily ever after. Pride and prejudice always live happily ever after. So first, I gotta give my wife a shout out. I'm sure she's getting all the six kids ready right now. She's watching on the live stream. Her favorite movie ever is Pride and Prejudice. Okay, she loves the book, she loves the movie, but I would love to share that with her, but... Everything, I don't know if it's the clothes or the dialogue or the music, but everything about Pride and Prejudice has a powerful sedative effect on me. Like, they don't do these kind of nature shows anymore, but I remember as a kid seeing this one where it was like a helicopter, and they like, there was like a charging rhino, and they shot him with a tranquilizer dart, and he just crumbled into the ground in like a puff of dust. That's what happens to me when I'm in the proximity of Pride and Prejudice. But I'm not talking about that Pride and Prejudice. I'm talking about the sin of pride. Andrew Murray in his book, Humility, which if, um, if you haven't read Humility, read it and then take about six months and read it again. Um, Andrew Murray said this, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. And when you examine this book, you find that there's this revulsion from, from the heart of God to pride. There's this sense that it's so contrary, um, that self-reliance, that, oh, I got this attitude, um, that, that I, I, can't, I can almost find nothing else like it in all of Scripture. Peter said it this way, 1 Peter 5, 5, in the same way you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. 
And this word oppose in the Greek construction, it's really unique. It's only used a handful of times. It means to like set all of your forces against. It means to like put an army in an encampment, like to unleash all of your forces. So it says God opposes the proud. Opposes. So think about that for just a second, that this one thing, this, this, this thing that can rise up in us, this like, I don't need you, God, this pride is something that, that God will unleash the forces of heaven against. I think maybe, I think maybe, that maybe, maybe that smell, that scent of pride, maybe it makes God think of what, what split heaven apart. What caused the rebellion in heaven when, when, when Lucifer was, got, got, fell into pride? And think about that. He didn't even have a devil to tempt him. How, how strong must pride be that even in the perfection of heaven that, that Lucifer himself was caught up in pride and, and fell and took a third of the angels with him? Maybe God is so repulsed by it because it's that pride that when the serpent came and said, did God really say that to Adam and Eve? It was pride that said, no, I'll do what I want when I want, and just twisted and wrecked, destroyed Eden, which was the paradise that Adam and Eve lived in fellowship with God. Zach Poonin said this, uh, author and, and, and pastor said, sin came through the pride of Lucifer, salvation came through the humility of Jesus. So pride is the root of all sin. I want what I want, and don't tell me that I can't have what I want. I will do what I want. Don't, you don't have to tell me. I've got this figured out. It's the, it's the elevation of self. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul, right? Are you talking to me? I mean, are you talking to me? Are you looking at me? Pride, and we all listen. We've got it in our in our DNA, friends. Pride in our talents, pride in our education, pride in our achievements. I mean, we get proud in our spiritual gifts. Did Did you hear the way that I just prayed? Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> we do it. We do. We do it in the. We do it in the church. Oh, I've been serving the Lord for twenty years. I've been around the things of the Spirit. You know what I'm saying? I'm like dialed in. So Jesus is sniffing that out when he starts this parable. He can see that, that the religious elite around him, they're just so confident in their own rightness. They're so full of pride. And, and listen, pride and prejudice always live together. They're always roommates, okay? We can fall into that trap, and we judge everybody who's not like us. Everybody that doesn't vote like us. Everybody that doesn't go to our, they're not, a part, they're not a part of our group, they're not a part of our denomination, you know, they're not one of us. They're not like our family. They don't homeschool like we do. They don't private school, they don't whatever school. They don't eat organic like we do. They feed their kids macaroni and cheese out of a box. Can you believe that? That is so jacked up. Pride is behind all lack of love. Pride. Pride is behind all lack of empathy and compassion for others. And in 2018, we've never had more in the advancement, in the elevation of ourselves, the worship of ourselves, right? 
I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about me. It's all about me, Jesus. But God resists the proud, right? So the kickoff of this verse is like right in our kitchen this morning. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. And he starts in verse 10. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And I have to say, I love that this sounds like the introduction to a joke a little bit. So like a, a priest and a rabbi walk into a, the temple, okay, the temple. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. This is his prayer. This is how he talks to God. Imagine how he talks to other people. I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So listen, I'm just gonna say it real this morning and I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. We all have this in us, okay? This ability to turn a blind eye to all of our stuff and just look down and judge the people around us. Pride and prejudice always live together. I mean, even in the way that he prayed, right? You ever hear somebody gossip when they pray? You ever heard that? You're standing in a circle and they're like, and Lord, I just lift up Bobby because you know what? Bobby has just been a scoundrel and he's been running around on his family, Lord, and he still owes me that $200 from last summer because he's just a degenerate, Lord. You ever heard that? (laughs) But I mean, we do it. You know how many times as a pastor I've had somebody walk up to me and go, Pastor Mike, that sermon, woo, that was fire, Pastor Mike. I took some notes and I'm gonna give it to my husband. He needed to hear this, but he's, he wasn't here. So I'm gonna give him. <laughs> but we all do it. It's this sin-sick comparison game. Well, at least I'm not like him, right? And come on, I've done it. I've sat. God is really using the speaker. God's using the preacher. And I'm making a list for other people. I wish Bobby was here. Bobby still owes me $200. I mean, it's crazy. We can be standing over a smoldering dumpster fire of our own lives, and we're, and we're still, like, it's smoldering, it's burning, and we're just looking at other people going, well, at least I'm not like them. At least we're not like they are. We can still find the space and the time to be critical of other people's weaknesses, friends. But listen to what the word of God says. Romans 15.1 says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak, not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And listen, that's the danger, friends, in the time that we're living in. We're, we're as Jesus followers that we can get caught up in this polarized, politicized, morally bankrupt digital war zone where people are just firing their opinions in every direction at will. And it's never been easier to isolate ourselves in this really homogenous thought bubble where everybody thinks like me and everybody votes like me and everybody is like me. And how could you not be like me? And we just get good and insulated and self-righteous. Self-righteous. Think about the absurdity of that. Uh, the absurdity of that. To be righteous in and of myself. That means to be right with God. To have to be in right standing with God because of something that I have done. But Romans three ten says, as it is written, there is no one. Look at your neighbor and say, no one. 
No one righteous, not even one. And listen, that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. We need time in his presence. We need the Holy Spirit to come and and speak to our own insecurities. Because if we don't get our identity rooted in this word of God and and we don't stay close to Jesus, then all we're left with is the comparison game. Well, at least I'm not like Johnny. At least I'm not like that one. And we can get to a place where the only thing that really makes us feel better is to talk smack about other people. And listen, friends, I say this with the love of the Lord. That's a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And that's real talk. Verse 13 says, but the tax collector. And I've taught this before. A tax collector in the Jewish society was like, they were the worst of the worst. They were a traitor. They were a turncoat. They collected taxes from the enemy, and they extorted their friends and neighbors for money. So we've got the contrast. We've got the Pharisee, the, 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 the most, this would, in our, in our time, would be the person that sits on the front row every Sunday. They are as dialed into church life as you could be. And then the contrast is the tax collector. That's the guy that's, that's, in, that's in the bars every weekend and, and has made a mess and, and, and maybe isn't living up to his responsibilities with his family. Like we would, church culture would look down on that person. He's, draw, he's drawing this contrast. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He didn't even want to come close. And man, doesn't that speak to us in 2018 that there's people out there that they don't even want to come through the door because they don't feel invited, because of the mess that's in their lives. When we've all got a mess, right? He stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the word picture there is that he is is like one of just repeatedly, like like he's like pounding on his chest and he's saying, God, have mercy on me. I tell you, words of Jesus, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Justified, justification, justified is a legal term that means you're standing there and the judge says, I find no fault with this one. He's innocent. I say he's innocent. That's justified. He left justified. The man with the mess because of his heart of humility before God. And it's my next thought this morning if you're writing things down. God's gravity is upside down. Sorry for my voice. I screamed at my kids at the beach all day yesterday, and so it's failing. <clears throat> That's why I'm all red. I'm not embarrassed. <clears throat> for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. God's gravity is upside down. This message is called the way up, okay? God has an irrefutable spiritual law. If you go low, he'll lift you up. But if you go high, he's gonna bring you down. He will humble you. If you will not humble yourself, there's a cyclical butt whooping that's coming. And how we talked about it last week in the pruning, okay? How many have had the cyclical butt whooping? (laughs) If you've been doing this for a while, you've had it. How did this happen? How did we get here? We get self-reliant, we get self-dependent. And listen, that's why the last, if you missed any of the last three 
three weeks messages, please go to onechurch.net and listen. This is the foundation of who we are, is to be with Jesus, to walk close to Jesus. Because listen, when you're with him and you walk close to him, you are constantly reminded of his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his power in your life. And you will stay small if you'll walk close to him. You will stay low because he, it's like he changes the way that you see yourself and the way that you see other people. It alters your lenses. You can see the faults of other people, but you see it through his grace. You see it through his mercy. You see it through his love. He, and and you, when you're with him, you, you get this sense that he understands our weaknesses. And you can understand other people's weaknesses because you know that you're the same, okay? In a different way, in a different flavor. You've stabbed God in the back a thousand times. You've turned from him a thousand times, right? And he hasn't judged you. He showed you mercy after mercy after mercy. Come on. You can live from a place of mercy. That, that same heart that says, that says oh God, I'm, I, I'm messed up too. God, help me. I love the words of Paul when he's writing his spirit, to his spiritual son in 1 Timothy 1, 15. This is Paul. He said, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of, who, of whom I am the worst. I'm the worst. So this is Paul. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Okay? He was taken up into the third heaven. He saw Jesus. He, he had apostolic authority. He's, he's the master architect of the New Testament church. And he said, I am the worst sinner. Oh, listen, friends. This is the heart of humility that's missing from most of our churches It's, it's certainly missing from our national conversation. Did you watch the news this week? It was just a wash with humility, wasn't it? And listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of any church or any preacher, but, but listen, there's place after place where, where people will get up and, and perform they want to elevate their denomination. They want to elevate their little doctrinal position. They, they, want, to, they want to make something of their little, their little doctrinal preference, and they just leave Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the background. Sin is never even mentioned or confronted, and I know I'm pushing up against it, and it's only 10, 15 this morning, and you're like, what happened to Mike at the beach yesterday? <laughs> Listen, we're not just going to have life coaching and lights, okay? We have to meet with God. Because look, listen, the preacher can't change anybody. I can't change anybody. I'm less, pre I'm less than nobody. Jesus is everything. A church is, is nothing. It's, it's Jesus that's everything. Jesus. It's Jesus. That's the message. And this Jesus was so full of humility. And I don't even have time to unpack all the verses, but he'd do a miracle. He'd, he'd, he'd do a miracle. He'd open somebody's blind eyes, and if they started to try to pump him up or promote him, he'd say, no, 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 it's to my Father's glory. I only do what the Father tells me. I only do what the Father tells me. Last week we talked about it in, in, in the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Listen, this is the heart of this Jesus. That the dying world, they're, they're dying to see in us the, the humble, innocent lamb of God who left heaven and was beaten and bled out for our sin, our reckless behavior. The heart of this Jesus, friends, that we would stop trying to win arguments and try to win hearts. 
says, look, God's gravity is upside down this morning. Last part of the text. Worship team, will you come? Jordan, will you play? We're almost there. Everybody awake? Say yes. And it sounds like it's changing thoughts, but it's the same thought this morning in verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked him, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And it's my last thought this morning. We need the eyes of a child. We need the eyes of a child. See, little kids love to pretend, but it's innocent pretending. Children um, and little ones, they never mind asking for help. I've had toddlers in my house yell. They're on the potty, and they yell from the other side of the house, I'm done! (laughs) Because they need help, right? I'm like, can't you do this by now? Haven't you figured this part out? Little ones, see, they have this, like, unlimited capacity to to trust, right? They have this, like, unlimited capacity to love, right? Listen, that's when we're the most like Jesus, friends. Children don't see black and white, do they? Children don't see political divides, do they? Children don't care about anybody's history, do they? Children hang on to every promise for dear life. You said I was going to have ice cream, Daddy. That was a month ago. The ice cream is gone. No, you said I was going to have ice cream. Children, they see fun and adventure in everyday things. We need the Spirit of God to correct our vision this morning, friends. To see with humility that, listen, the very, our very lives, okay? Our, the next breath that you're going to take in is totally dependent on God. Humility, it helps us to see like the frailty of this whole human condition that we're living in. The whole process of our faith journey is to bring us to a place of childlike dependence and trust on Jesus. And God will use revelation from this word and he'll use storms and he'll use the cyclical butt whipping I talked about to bring us low. Listen to the heart of God. He just wants to bring us to a place where we'll stay low, where we'll stay childlike. He said, unless you come like one of these children, if we'll live there, if we'll live there day by day, walking with him, I trust you, Daddy. Take my hand, Daddy. Show me which way to go, Daddy. I'll go where you tell me to go, Daddy. Without you, I'm lost, Daddy. Yesterday, we were at the beach, and um, it was like the most perfect family day 
Kathy made um, blinny, which is like Russian blintzes and sausage. We had this big breakfast, and we went out to New Smyrna Beach, and the waves were big yesterday. It was like four feet plus, so it was like pretty heavy surf. I had to keep the kids close, the bigger ones, and picture-perfect family day. And right toward the end, my wife had started sounding the alarm that pretty soon we're going to go. You know, you got to prepare their hearts. It takes about an hour and a half. Hey, pretty soon we're going to go. Pretty soon we're going to go. And it's still like, you know, it's still a circus at the end. Well, um, she had said that, and she had the baby, and we ran into another mom that had twins, and we have two sets of twins, and so they're talking. And Judah was at my feet one minute, and the next minute, he was gone. And so at first, it's just like, Judah, Judah, Judah. Well, then it was like, I don't see him. She didn't see him. And it's like search party. You know, and I was a nurse, and so my brain starts spinning. I don't see this kid, and the, then the surf was rough. I got tumbled a few times yesterday hard, and it was a heavy riptide. Rip and so now I'm just scanning the water for his blue swimmers. Where is my boy? And what was the perfect day in a second turned into something terrifying. And we're running in every direction. Judah, three years old, blue swimmers. Judah, three years old, blue swimmers. Like, terrified, terrified, terrified. And listen, in that, in that moment when everything flipped, none of my goals, none of my plans, none of my stuff, everything just became weightless for about three and a half terrifying minutes. And all I could say was, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus, help me find my boy. And I'm looking at the water, and I'm doing the math, and how long has he been under the water? Because I'm going to have to do CPR on my son. I'm going to have to find him and get him out of this water. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the little kid, what he did is he heard mommy say, it's almost time to go, and he just walked up off the beach and went to the van. Because <laughs> he's fearless. He's, he's like, what? I was thought it was time to roll, so I just was going to wait for you by the car. So we found him. And you're like kind of spanking him and hugging him at the same time, you know, because you like, your heart's just been ripped out. But listen to me, friends, that one, that's a microcosm of our lives that on a bright, sunny, most beautiful, perfect family day, listen, Jesus is holding this whole thing together. And it humbled me to the point of I was like a small child, just Jesus, Jesus, where is he, Jesus? I don't care about anything else, God. And so listen, we need the eyes of a child. This, like, this, this whole thing is back to front. Our whole sin nature brings us into achieve and work and build the next thing, and I've got to have this under control, and I've got to put forth this image that I have it all together, and I know what I'm doing. And, and listen, friends, we lean into that, and we forget that it's Jesus that is, like, by his hand, by his grace, by his love for us, he's holding it all together. And what he wants from us is a posture of gratitude and of humility that we come every day like a child and we say, God, change me. God, help me to see it. Help me to live there, God. I, I'm going to go low, and, and, you, and I'm going to put you above everything. Will you stand to your feet this morning? And what it looks like in our lives, friends, 
is that we step into things and instead of like, what can I get from this situation? This is, if you're in our families, we say it to our kids. If we said it a thousand times, we've said it once. It's when you walk into a room, who can I serve? How can I bless? Who can I lift up? Who can I encourage? It's humility. It's not about me. It's not about my little clique and my little group of people and people that like are like me. I walk into every space. Who can I serve? Who can I bless? Who can I encourage? Who can I lift up? How can I be Jesus to somebody? Because listen, this, our families, our friends, the people out there that are just lost and think that, that Christians are a bunch of self-righteous, hyper-political, angry people, they desperately need a humble, intimate people that walk with Jesus, that are full of the Holy Spirit, that will go low. We need this this morning, friends. Pride and prejudice will always live happily ever after. God's gravity is totally upside down, and we need the eyes of a child. Listen, last verse this morning. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but to each of you the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, with your friends, with your spouse. Ouch. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, so he went low, reverse gravity, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Would you close your eyes all across this place? Lord, there's enough space at this altar, God, but we come to you this morning, Lord. And we ask, God, that you give us the eyes of a child. It's really easy, God, to get cynical in 2018 because things are messed up. People are messed up. And our hearts are broken for the way things are. Some of us have been hurt. Hurt by family. Hurt by the church hurt by people that we cared about and invested in. But God, we want our hearts to be soft again, God. Would you come? Would you meet us here, God, for these next few moments, Jesus? You said in your word that everybody that was heavy and burdened could come to you. And you said you're humble and you're gentle. Spirit, would you just bring the sweet, humble spirit of Jesus into this room for these next few moments, God? Would you help us, Lord, that the next time we're going to post something anywhere that we would ask the question, is this humble? 
would you help us, Holy Spirit, that the next time we're going to interject our opinion and assert our rightness into a situation, that we would ask the question, is this humble? Am I clothed in humility right now, God? Holy Spirit, would you take the callous off of our hearts this morning, God? Maybe you're within the sound of my voice and there's a separation between you and God. And ultimately it's pride. I don't want to surrender to Jesus. Maybe you got hurt. Maybe you've seen religion and religion has not shown you anything good. I just want to invite you this morning to to go low so that he could lift you up. All the eyes closed in this room. If you want to give your life to Jesus or get right with Jesus, the Bible says today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. And I just want to say a prayer with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. 20 years ago in this room, I walked in addicted to cocaine and messed up. And I had an opportunity just like this to go low. Jesus, Jesus changed my whole future and gave me a new life. So you're in this room. You say, Pastor Mike, that's me. I want to go low this morning. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get right with God. Maybe I'm just off track. All across this room, would you just raise your hand? I'm just going to pray for you.